Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. Streaming Things. Four stars. Sophomore misogyny. <laughs> Coming in your ear holes fast. <laughs> I cannot wait till we print Coming the t-shirts. <laughs> so excited to be here. If you're new to the show, welcome. We thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're old to the show, can you say it that way? I don't know why not. Old don't be, hand. Don't be ageist. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to be inclusive here. Anyway. If you're a, if you're a Streaming Things vet, mm-hmm. we welcome you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for returning. I don't know why you would, but thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's been a it's been a fun journey. So now we're in real time, folks. You can be excited to know the timelines have merged in the fictional universe of Streaming Things. And why is that, Andy? I, I don't know. Is because there a Chris logic answer? Oh, yeah. Chris got married. That yeah. was a thing. Ooh. Andy zoned out. <laughs> now I was sitting there like, I, I thought that there was like some special answer to that other than. He's like, I don't know. I mean, metaphysically speaking. Here now, Andy's just. <laughs> we ran out of canned episodes and now we have to record. <laughs> <laughs> Andy's like overcomplicating it. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, time is relative. So if you're on the train and no, nothing like that. Uh, I am a married man now. So listeners, I'm off the market. So whatever you were planning, you can go ahead and delete those emails from your drafts. You're married. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know someone can stomach being with me most of the time. Uh, I'm feeling good, Steve, Andy. Feeling like a, yeah. I really like the ring. Uh, I have to take it off when I work out. And it feels weird when I don't have it on already. You really, even got yourself a little workout ring, like a little. No, rub, because I already have like the kind of ring that you can damage without being upset. It's like tungsten oh, carbide. This is more ah. to not damage you, is why right? But it hurts those. me. Yeah. So, yeah. Fun story. I also had a tungsten ring. Yeah. Still do, but my first one broke. Because I thought it was like the strongest metal known to man or some shit. Well, it's built to where if you got your hand fucked up and they needed to take your ring off. Yeah, it's got they, that little pressure point. If they hit it perfectly, it'll break. Well, I tripped and fell in my house and I put my hands on the on the tile to catch myself and my ring just went meep. And just like, <laughs> it just opened right up. And it was, wow. like, it was like three months after we got married. So You just happened to hit the spot? Yeah, like perfectly. Wow. The what are you wearing spot? now? Nothing right oh now. Oh my God, Steve. <laughs> Steven. But no, I just got a replacement ring. Steven. I know. You, you're just walking around all naked handy looking I'm like a bachelor. My ladies. You better stop. <laughs> oh, I've seen the ladies. Andy's going to come on to you. <laughs> like Bro. a ring would stop Andy, that poor dog. <laughs> I have no respect for the sanctity of marriage. Your wife ain't here. <laughs> my name's Andy, but my friends call me Unicorn. What? What? You don't know that thing? No. Let me school you. So a uh, person who's into polyamory and uh, enjoys sexual rendezvous with couples is called a unicorn. Oh. So the person who likes to be the third wheel in a threesome. So like a single swinger. The unicorn is finding a couple that's down for that. You know what I mean? Like unicorn being the magical thing that's impossible to find. Uh, maybe the couple that is like, yes, come bang both of us. Andy, I'm not here to argue the etymolo- etymology of the, the polyamory groups with you. I'm okay. just saying how they they called it the etymological unicorn. derivation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Precisely. Uh, so anyway, back to people being new to the show. This is pretty much what it is. So you can go ahead and turn it off. Um, <laughs> it'll give you a second to do that. 
All right, oh, you're still. Oh, you're still back. <laughs> you're still back. Any hoozle. So we have a special episode for you today. Other than being in real time. So before, because I was busy with all the wedding plans, and Andy was helping with all that, and Steve was doing whatever the fuck Steve does, and we had so many things to do, and then the apocalypse was still going on. We kept recording vid. Uh, what's it called? Not videos. We don't do videos. Podcast. Yes, episodes. Podcasts. Both great <laughs> words. Two points. Gold stars to you guys. We were recording them in advance for various, you know, Fridays, which is when we record when we couldn't get together. No, no more of that nonsense. No more. Every Friday we're going to record. And then the following Monday we're going to publish. And so we can do other things now. Like we've got segments like check the gate, which is a segment wherein we go over new movie news and we can do that Mm. without sounding like complete idiots after this one. Cause we got some check the gate for you today, but it's, it's, a it's cold bit. off the press. We're easing into it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's about this Citizen Kane movie I've been hearing about. <laughs> Pretty new news. Uh, something about a rosebud. We're going to go into Guys, it soon. Johnny Depp is not going to be in Fantastic Beasts 3. <laughs> what? Uh, but tonight's episode is about the WandaVision season finale. Probably series finale, wouldn't you say? I would um, think so. I don't think at there's least, any at least plans they, for I feel a, like if they continue it, it may not be WandaVision. It may just be the Scarlet Witch. Right. Oh, right. that would be cool. Like WandaVision itself is done, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. I, I was talking to a friend. and um, That makes sense. It's going to be a one-off. That kind of makes me sad. Yeah, it has to be a one-off. But, I mean, also not really. That's what uh, my friend was all. He's like, there's no way they're going to wrap it up in a, one more episode. I'm upset. And I'm like, they don't have to wrap it up. And he looked at me all crazy. And I was like. It's the MCU. Yeah. Like it could just be right. another movie with most of this shit. And he was like, "Oh, that's true." Well, isn't uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier about to drop, or mm-hmm. did drop? It'll drop uh, March nineteenth, I believe. Yeah. I'm okay. so sorry, Steve. Steve's our resident sound engineer, and I just took a huge gulp of Cherry L8 right into the microphone. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> I mean, you're not hurting me. You're hurting their ears. I feel like they <laughs> like the gulps, but it's you, you know, that would be offended. So this episode was indeed called the series finale. That's the name of the episode, right? Yes. Yeah. See, there you go. Mm. That answers my question because I prepared for the show by at least reading the title of the fucking episode we're talking about because I'm a professional and I was testing you guys. Mm. And, and it's, it's, and we're, we're going to be talking about this. You know what you got? <laughs> F plus. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be talking about the series finale, but also giving our thoughts about the series as a whole, since we haven't been able to share our thoughts on the show since it's been running because we've been doing the correct you know, evergreen style recording of the podcast of the podcast. Yeah. So now, you know, the beans are out of the bag. Basically <laughs> roll that beautiful bean footage. And just mix the two metaphors and I actually like it. Can out of the bag, spill the beans. I like that. People in other countries that have neither of those metaphors beans are like, out of the bag. Okay. So the beans are out of the bag. That's like why that. we've been doing like, President's Day game show episodes and stuff. Because that's the kind of thing we can record two weeks in advance. I think our most popular episode, though. Dude, that nailed it. You did a great job, so Steve. Much fun. Can you run the applause for yourself? Because that just was a phenomenal episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Studio Thank you, audience. Who is that Steve Austin? I think it is. Hey, Steve. Hello, trivia. Man, he's a good guy. He is a good guy. By the way, if you're new-ish or, or just any of you that have never done so, we could really use your help with something extremely simple. You can log into your, your Apple podcast app or iTunes or wherever you're finding it and give us a five-star review. If you feel we're deserving, if you don't just don't bother at all, you know what I mean? 
<laughs> we can all agree that it's not worth your time if it's less if than it's five not, stars, if it's not right? Five stars, right? Or, or if you really, really like us, you should uh, share us with someone in your life that you feel would enjoy us as well. Mm-hmm. Sort of like a, a unicorn, just be willing to share us. Yeah, right. Be like, I'm down to unicorn clown. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are a person with whom this podcast was shared, write to us and tell us that you were shared. You were the one with which the podcast was shared. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to make it as convoluted as possible, and I succeeded. You did. That's, that made no sense. So do that. We're going to be that Charlie Day meme where he's got like the like yarn all over the wall. Like, yeah. hey, this is the connection of our all fans. <laughs> They're everywhere. If you uh, deciphered that message, you can email us at streamingthingspod at gmail.com and let us know what you come up with. We do love hearing from you folks very, very much. Mm-hmm. All right, let's start this thing off with a bang. Have I got a, just a treasure trove? Of streams to cross with you guys. Let's start with our segment, Crossing Streams, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's us discussing what we've been streaming recently. What did you think it was? Yeah. Andy, what have you been streaming? What have you been up to? And it's okay if nothing. Oh, I've been streaming all (laughs) time. Honestly, really, I just sort of started a show and then became obsessed just by virtue of the podcasts that we make. And we constantly need to be trying new things to have things to talk about, you know? Uh, and so one of those things, I was just flipping through Netflix and I saw Community and I was like, you know what? I've always heard that that's pretty good. And so I watched Wait, the show Community. You've the never show seen? Community I had never seen. Uh, so I fell in never love. Let me put my bottle of water down because I'm <laughs> invested in this conversation now. <laughs> I have since watched all but the last season. Since the last time that we uh, spoke, wow. I have watched five seasons of Community. So does that include the gas leak season? Uh, season three? Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. Um so that's when Dan Harmon was fired from the show and then eventually was brought back on. Uh, community was created by Dan Harmon of um, Rick and Morty. Rick fame. and Morty fame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also famously fired from the show. Wait, Chris, have you not seen Community? I've never seen Community. <laughs> is it super funny? Oh, man, I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, especially the first two seasons are really, really great. The third season is called the Gas Leak season for a reason. I, I still it's, enjoyed it's, the I third season. I don't think it's terrible, and I and honestly, I think the 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 because it was on Yahoo, right? It went to Yahoo streaming. I think of, towards the end, yeah. Like is, like now is it's that on the Hulu. Season without Dan Harmon or something? No, yes. Dan Harmon left after season three. Two. Or yes, he, he, season three he got was fired a, after. Or did he get fired after three? No, three was the first one. He was not a part. Okay, of. right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But then he came back for the season after that. I think. Or were there two seasons where he didn't? I was under the impression that he was just never back. No, he came back. He oh, 100% okay. came back. Um, so he got fired from the show and then he gets brought back on. But so the basic premise of the show is a group of n- people who meet in a Spanish study group in community college. And they become friends. And it's about the shenanigans, this sitcom, shenanigans that they get into um, meddling in each other's lives and being at a school with a... Uh, a uh, completely worthless dean who throws all of these uh, events. <laughs> uh, throws all of these events for the school. So there's like dances and paintball fights and all kinds of stuff. And it, it is it is a joy. The show is absolutely so it's like, wonderful. It's, it's Breakfast super, Club meets Slackers. Yes, it's and super meta. And like, if you're into movies and film, it's like super nerdy in terms of that because it, it like almost every episode is structured around like a genre of film. Like there is a western episode. There is Ooh, there's like an eight bit. There's a musical Muppet episode. Like there is very very meta. There's a character named Abed who is obsessed with filmmaking and. Uh, so he is constantly uh, dropping all of these pop culture references, and there's tons of little nods to everything that we love. 
you you would dig this. Wait, show. How do you stream it? Uh, it's on Netflix. Perfect. Easy peasy. Mm-hmm. I'll cue that up with the old wife. My wife. My wife. You uh, can say that now. Yeah, I, I do enjoy saying that. <laughs> and so uh, the only much. other thing that I've been consuming right now is I, uh, after our last episode talking about adaptations, I was taking a look at my bookshelf and looking for any big misses. Uh, and there are tons on my bookshelf that like, I look like a well-read person and I am, but like yeah, I am half of these books, <laughs> half of these books I haven't read. Um, and so I picked up a wrinkle in time. And uh, that's like a huge literary miss for me. And uh, I'm really excited to finish it. I got like maybe 50 pages left. And, uh, and then you're going to watch the Oprah movie. And then I'm going to watch the Oprah movie, which I have heard is not good. But I'm still really interested <laughs> to see because the, this book so far has been very good. It's very much a, oh, this is how J.K. Rowling got her start. Like she read this book because this she models her style so much over Madeline Lingle or however you pronounce her name. Um and like the the story structure is dead on, like these three kids that get swept up in an adventure bigger than themselves, and uh, I'm I'm just wonderfully excited to see how badly they screw it up when they adapt it just just for fun, just to hate watch it, you know, <laughs> just yeah. for fun. That's what I do. That's that's what I've been streaming just for funsies. Awesome, Steve. What have you been up to? So I was on an adventure this past week. I uh, had to go out of town for work for a very long work trip that was insane and kind of took a little bit of my soul with it. But um, mm-hmm. I had very limited free time. And in my limited free time, I streamed a show that I've already watched before. But on my way to this job, it was out of town. So on my way traveling, I was listening to a podcast. and They brought the show up. And the podcast I was listening to was called What a Cartoon. And what they do is they take an episode from an old cartoon, typically in the 90s, but they do more modern stuff. And they kind of give you, it's like a two, every episode is like two and a half hours long. They give you like deep dive histories into that cartoon and, you know, what that specific episode that they watch, they review. But they did an episode on the Venture Brothers. And I used to love the Venture Brothers. And I decided, they, they had mentioned like, Venture Brothers as a whole was canceled this year, a couple months ago. Uh, it had made like a lot of people were really anticipating season eight, but it got canceled by Cartoon Network and I was really bummed. And they mentioned in this podcast I was listening to that three of the episodes in season seven are considered the finale. Like if there was one, even though they didn't plan on it being the finale. So I went back and I watched those three episodes because I didn't quite remember them because I'd only seen season seven once. And that kind of like snowballed into me going back and revisiting the entire Venture Brothers series as a whole. And if you don't know what Venture Brothers is, it's a cartoon. Um, It's beautifully animated. It's like the best animated, like quality wise on Adult Swim Cartoon Network. It's Mm -hmm. just, and you know, there's years in between seasons and that's because they spend a lot of time on their animation. But it's it's essentially a big parody of like Johnny Quest, 1960s era, Hanna-Barbera, Boy Adventurer type stuff and that's how it originally started but over the years the show had grown and grown to include such a menagerie of characters where now they're lampooning superheroes they're lampooning um you know uh like uh gi joe and uh all this stuff and it's really really smart it's really well written but it's also almost impenetrable for anyone to just hop into. Like you can't just like, Oh, let me turn on season four of venture brothers. You will have no idea what the fuck is happening because it's just the mythology in that show is so dense and there's so many characters. So, um, 
it was nice to kind of uh, walk down memory lane and 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 revisit a show that I hope eventually somebody picks it up and gives it a proper ending because uh, there's definitely some threads they can tie up with that show that I think would be very very satisfying that they haven't been able to do so yet. So if you do like Venture Brothers, you can stream it on Hulu. I've never seen it. HBO Max will probably scoop that up. What's funny? So um, people were speculating why they canceled this show that's been going on for like 15 years. Uh, there's only like seven seasons, but it's been going on for like 15 plus years because it takes so long to make each season. And people speculated because um, Venture Brothers had this already pre-made deal with Hulu before the HBO Max stuff came out that they were like, let's just ax every show that has a deal outside of HBO Max. And that was Venture Brothers was one of them. And it's also like one of the most expensive shows to make. Sure. And you know, Why like, is it so expensive? Just... The, the, the animation is incredible on it. It's oh, okay. it, and it takes so long to animate. Um, it's I mean it's a beautiful show. You just okay. have to check it out. I mean it, the, the earlier seasons not so much, but like once you get to like season four and beyond, it's like yeah, I can see the money that they're throwing on screen. Wow. Okay. Um, some people will say it's a problematic show. Uh, there's not a lot of representation in it. Um, I know recently people have kind of complained that there's some transphobic jokes in it. Um. But uh, and I and I, you know I think that's that's fair, but I don't necessarily think it's as bad as people might claim. Mm-hmm. The the worst one being there's a there's a character named Doctor Mrs. The Girl. Or her original name her original name was Doctor Girlfriend, and she was the girlfriend to one of the, to the main antagonist. And then they get married, and so she becomes Doctor Mrs. The Monarch. And nice, she's she's drawn like Jackie Onassis, uh, uh, Kennedy's wife, yeah. with the pillbox hat. She's drawn like that. Well, she has a really deep voice like this doll. Yeah, I remember that character. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I used to watch it periodically, like just stoned, waiting on Aqua Teen. It, you know, I would watch whatever. And I never, like you said, understood what was going on at all. Oh, so it yeah. never caught on to me. But I'd sit through them. I sat through a dozen or so episodes for sure. Like, all right. It's really, I like, I, the first season might be a struggle to get to because that's the roughest season in terms of quality. But once you get to a certain point, you're just like, man, this is so well written. It's so a good. a lot of cartoons that look like they were really up my alley that I just never bothered to do anything more than casually watch. Like Archer. Yeah, I've you know, heard I never really awesome. watched it. Never watched it either. Um, anyway, anything else you got there, Steve? No, that's literally all I've been able to stream. <laughs> I feel bad because I so I went on my honeymoon and I spent... Because of COVID, we spent a couple days in Miami, but just on the the beach in South Beach. And so I didn't even, you know, rent a car or anything. We didn't go anywhere but the beach and the hotel room. And that was the whole plan. So to kind of stay isolated as much as possible. And uh, but I've still been off work for a long time. So I spent a lot of my honeymoon just at my house, which was amazing. Uh, So I've been watching a ton of shit, you know, I read a couple books and but, you know, I won't go through everything, but some gems in there. Hell yeah. Discovered some things. So what I've been streaming. Laid on us. A um, couple things. And because of Andy, I watched. Like I watched uh, the Night Stalker. Oh, hell yeah. You know, murder porn doc on um, Netflix. Um, Did you get past the scooping eyeballs? Yeah. I watched the whole thing. Oh, dope. it was decent. Uh, and I also watched the, the Hotel Cecil documentary, uh, which actually has like a long actual title. But everybody knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so Andy and I had worked on a short film script together called The Tenth Floor. Uh, I don't know how much you want me to say, but <laughs> say as much as you want. But know. it was inspired by the Elisa Lamb story. Andy came up with the idea, and it was inspired by Elisa Lamb. Um, and we still actually do want to produce this one day. It's just tough to find the perfect elevator that somebody will allow us to like commandeer for a day or three. Um, we need an elevator right 
listeners, if you got an elevator in the Cincinnati area, let well, us know. Well, Jimmy found that one. It looks gorgeous. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that picture. Good. But that's why I was so interested in this doc because of the, the elite. I was like, no way. You know, it was just this weird YouTube story, I thought. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I checked it out. Not a great documentary, in my opinion. They do some really. Did you watch it, Andy? Uh, the first two episodes. Did you watch it, Steve? No. You know, that kind of thing? I watch uh, Adventure Brothers. <laughs> I just meant in general. Uh, that's fair. So you just literally just told me you didn't watch that. Uh, I thought it was pretty bad. They did this thing where they would read old internet comments about the story of Elisa Lamb. And it's this young woman who died in a, a pseudo haunted hotel in California, you know, 10 or 20 years ago. And it was a huge, it was in the earlier days of internet mania. And so she became a huge thing for them to like is solve the case. Is she the, the one that ended up in the water tank? Yes. yes. Okay. It's that dark, one. Dark okay. water is based on her. So, but they would do this thing where they would like have actors read the internet comments, but like, not good actors. And I thought, <laughs> thought that was a terrible choice for a documentary because it would be, you know, the somber tones, they're showing footage. They've got actual detectives that used to work on the case and actual people who lived at the hotel talking. And it's all great documentary stuff. And then it would cut to this like montage with like words scrawling across the screen. And I think she was murdered. I'm convinced we need to find out who did it. And then just like WTF. <laughs> LMAO. Wait, don't read that one. It's not funny. Um, it's like, why would you do that? I don't know. So I was disappointed in the actual uh, filmmaking aspect of it. But the story was nothing like what I thought it was. Like, there's nothing remotely supernatural about her death. Like, because if you ever watch the video, Steve, where she's like in the elevator and she's all. Mm, yeah. It's so it's, weird. it's very creepy, right? Yeah. Turns out. Not so much like the, the elevator doors don't close because she very clearly presses the doors don't close button <laughs> and they zoomed in and found that out. Uh, and t- I mean, everything is like that. You know what I mean? I was I remember hearing the story like and she got in this sealed water tank. It's like, how the fuck did she get up there? And I was like, no way. And I'm generally a, you know, a skeptic, you know, but I was like, wow, that is fascinating. Turns out there's a stairwell up to the roof right next to where she was in that video. There's a ladder to the top of the water tank and a hatch that's not locked to get in it. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, she just got dumped there. So, right. right. <laughs> or it looks like she's um, and this isn't like a solving the Elisa Lamb case podcast, but it looks to me like. No, this is my favorite murder. Welcome to <laughs> she's, you know, this young lady from Canada. She's never been on her own before. And like a, just the ghetto of L.A. is a skid row. It looks like she's on a lot of drugs that she's never taken before and freaking out. And listeners know I've done a few drugs in my day and I could see freaking out and thinking maybe I need to take a bath in this water tank. You know what I mean? I could totally see that. That's what it seems like to me. I'm not even sure that she was murdered, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, anyway, that's my take on that. I didn't, even, I didn't even want to talk about that for so long. Where but can you stream that? You can stream it on Netflix. On Netflix? Duh, Steve. Pay attention. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, there's some really good stuff. So Judas and the Black Messiah. Have you guys heard of this movie? Heard yeah, of it. I have not watched it, it yet. Uh, I, I, I see think I bit. paid like 20 bucks to watch it. Or no, this is the one that's on HBO Max, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You got waxed. I've watched a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I got fleeced. Some guy on the street. I was walking down the yeah, corner. And he went to watch Judas and the Black <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, come here. Here's a DVD. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a flash drive. Um, anyway. So I, I love Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Kaluuya was was Just amazing. Won a Golden Globe for it, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, Lakeith Stanfield was phenomenal. Uh, cannot recommend this film highly enough. I, I I would I would run, not walk to go see it. Um, 
But what I really want, are you guys fans of Billie Eilish? Yes. Uh, I love the bad guy. The bad guy. Yes. Bad guy. You should really listen to her entire oeuvre. Um, no, I, I like all of her stuff. Yeah. So good. And I've railed against it. My wife actually introduced me to her like two years ago. Um, I wasn't there for like the Ocean Eyes uh, debut, but not long after, like before the main album came out ish. Um, and I listened to the crown song. Like you should see me in a crown and I like EDM and stuff like that. So I'm like, this song fucking slaps. And she's like, no, you got to check out all of her stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I listen to some of them. I'm like, she makes me really fucking sad. You know what I mean? Like Carissa would be listening to her like while she's cleaning the house or whatever. And I come home from work and like, turn the sad shit off. You know what I mean? Like you're really bringing me <laughs> down. But anyway, so I, I really gave Billie Eilish a chance like on commutes to work and like, it's just, fell in love with it completely. Like just, I don't know how to describe it. There's no words for how it makes me feel still kind of sad, but also a lot of them slap and it's just so hauntingly beautiful. Um, But I also like her a lot as a person. She's a good, cool kid. Uh, I've heard her in a couple interviews. So I was really excited for this documentary that came out on Apple TV plus. Um, And it's like two and a half hours long. Have you guys heard of this thing at all? Uh, Her her doc? Yes. I've heard of it. Yes. I haven't seen any previews or anything for it. It's called The World's a Little Blurry, and it is uh, the opposite of the Hotel Cecil, just a phenomenally made documentary. It's all this insane archival footage. She comes out of a water tank. Yes. It's the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) It's exactly the opposite. Yeah. (laughs) Asshole. Um, She's super sober. She goes to Canada. Yeah. Sobers (laughs) up in Canada. Um, I don't know. I just really like this look into... It's a perfect encapsulation of the creative process. And I think you guys would love it because most of the documentary is just her and her brother Phineas working on songs together. Um, And it reminded me of Andy and I when we were kids and we'd make our like little albums and stuff. We did a lot of sound recording and stuff that did not blow up, um, but it was super fun. It did in our hearts. (laughs) But all of her albums are just made, you know, in her bedroom with her brother. And it, it just it's a candid look at them arguing over lyrics and song titles and uh giggling about stupid jokes and uh i don't know really interesting stuff uh i loved that a lot it was a very candid look into the world of billy eilish i actually like cried 19. a little bit yeah she just turned 18 not too long ago i think mm-hmm. it's crazy there's a documentary about her now and that's what i love she's so just getting started genuine uh like there's a scene where her and her brother phineas are sitting on the couch and they're both looking at their phones of course because they're products of this generation and um she says something about ha ha ha, but doesn't matter because we're like millionaires. And he starts dying laughing, and he's like, like literally, like a lots of millions. And they start rolling off the couch laughing. And the reason that's not ugly to me is if Andy and I blew up, we would totally be on the couch giggling, like because we're millionaires. And he'd be like, yeah, like like multiple millions. You know, it would be absurd to us, and it would be funny. And like I saw that in them. I mean, I if I became endearing. a millionaire right now, like overnight, I found myself in possession of millions of dollars. I too would be on my couch giggling my happy little millionaire <laughs> ass off. No, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Peasants. <laughs> <laughs> just buying rocks to throw at people. Expensive ones. Uh, it was just really endearing to me because I, I, I could, and their parents still lived in the same California home that they had always owned that the kids had grown up in. Like they weren't, balling out with lambos or anything you know they were still in their same childhood home uh they look similar to andy's 
uh, giggling about being a millionaire. Are you saying Andy? I'm not balling out? <laughs> that sucks. Damn, Andy, yeah, you it was a like, millionaire. It was like Andy's shitty little house is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I, I just want to breeze through a couple more things just to, so everybody knows I watched them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be judging this, this list. It's super important. Well, you, are you going to be cool? Let's find out. Have you guys heard of a movie called Barb and Star? Go to Vista Del Mar. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> so it's a hilarious. Wait, yes. That, that's one with Kristen Wiig, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you're a huge fan of Kristen Wiig, mm-hmm. so I thought you might have seen it. Um, this one I did pay 20 bucks to watch. That's why. Word. There's yeah. a couple of these where I had to. Take your DVD, um, kid. I think, Steve, I think you'll love it. It's extremely unique. Um, it wasn't as funny as I'd hoped. Like, I didn't, like, belly laugh as much as I, because I had heard it was, like, the funniest thing since sliced bread. And everybody knows sliced bread is hilarious. Dude, have you seen Super that shit? <laughs> I know. The little twisty tie on the it's back. like a full piece of bread, and then there's, like, 20 pieces. <laughs> exactly. You can put shit between them. But they're all soft and, and not pretty. It. It's, it's ridiculous. But anyway, the movie's bread. really good. It's really well made. It gets points for being unique, uh, you know, because comedy can get pretty cookie cuttery. Sometimes he's got a little comedic yeah. formula. Uh, every time they do something well, you know, we'll just do that a bunch. Like the hangover came out and then we got like 37 hangover films. Right. Mm. Uh, this is definitely new and I recommend you check it out. I also watched Nomadland. Uh, didn't that just win a uh, best picture? It did the, the golden globe. So the it doesn't globes. really count because yeah. that's just the Hollywood crooked foreign press. Yep. Uh, did their- you guys watch the golden globes? No, no I heard it was a travesty. It was like, a zoom call. I just wasn't interested. I don't no, understand yeah. why you would, just just don't do them this year. <laughs> like a lot of the actors didn't have their, you know, they were on mute and didn't know it. And so they're giving their speeches. I mean, I'm sure it was. Just, Apparently there was something with Al Pacino. looked like he was in a crazy room. So much cringe. I'm oh. sure. Welcome to my room. I, my timeline on Twitter was flooded with um, Jason Sudeikis stoned in his hoodie. And everybody saying that. Don Cheadle telling him to wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fair. Yeah. He was um, going a little long winded. I love the guy. I'm glad that he was stoned in his hoodie for the Golden Globes. I think that's what they deserve. I think it's wonderful. If you're going to Zoom an award show, that's the level of effort I'm putting into it. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Um, But, you know, Francis McDormand is wonderful in Nomadland. Um, It also, I don't know, like Chloe Zhao, the directing was phenomenal. It didn't hit me where I needed it to hit me. I don't think it'll be like anywhere near my favorite film of that year. Um, But one thing that... so it's, I don't know. Do you guys know what it's about? No. Yeah. She uh, lives in an RV. Yeah. So it, it takes place after the, the financial, you know, the great recession, the financial crisis of 2008. Um, and it made me profoundly sad. Like I watched this movie early in the morning. I don't know why I keep doing this. Like when I watched one night in Miami, it was like five in the morning. I did the same thing with no man. So Land. before you went to bed, but yeah, no. so you didn't just wake up at nine. Like me put in. No, no I get up early and okay. like, that's what it's a morning routine. Okay. Okay. Bad idea. So one night in Miami had me inspired. I was ready to take on my day, conquer the world, be the best version of myself. And Nomadland had me near suicidal and like not wanting to live in America anymore because it's about this woman who lives in this town and it's a, like a company town. So this town only exists because of the giant company that is nearby that needs workers. And then that company goes out of business. And so the town dies Mm -hmm. and now she's homeless without a family and uh, decides to live in her van and drive across the country. And, um, and that's beautiful. And there's like strength of spirit involved in that, but it's also like just profoundly sad that the country she worked her entire life and now she gets like $470 a month to try to live on until 
she may live another 25 years. And you know what I mean? Like right. it's horrible infrastructure. Uh, made me very sad. Cause you know, you guys know how I feel about my day job and I'm just like, is that what it all amounts to? Unless you're Billie Eilish and then you're, you're set free. You're giggling on the couch. With <laughs> Damn it. I want to be Billie Eilish, but I'll never be. Damn it. Billie Eilish. I am the bad guy. Um, so <laughs> I, I streamed a ton of other stuff. I just want, those are my main things, except you guys thought I was done. Have you guys heard of a show called Gangs of London? I've heard of it. It is so fucking good. Is it, it like Peaky Blinders? It's cre- sort of. So it's created by Gareth Evans, uh, the guy who brought you The Raid and The Raid 2. He brought it straight to me. Brought it straight to like, you, Steve. Here you go, Steve. Specifically to Steve. And, and then was, Steve allowed it to be seen by the rest of the world. And I was like, get off my porch. I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know you. What is you. Gareth, you said your name was? DVDs? So imagine <laughs> The Raid had a baby with Peaky Blinders and that baby would be gangs of London. So that sounds pretty dope. The nonstop in your face, complicated fight choreography and sanity of the raid mm-hmm. mixed with the just intelligent steaming, <laughs> steaming, steaming. What's the next words that's going to come? It's going to follow steaming blank of Peaky Blinders. <laughs> I should have said simmering and I said steaming, uh, which always, Invokes the there imagery is a lot of, of poo. St- there's a lot of steam in Peaky Blinders. Is. It is London. There's it steam is. everywhere. Um, so yeah, it's even got some of the actors from uh, Peaky Blinders and also um, Catelyn Stark from Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. I fucking love this show. I just started it um, yesterday and I'm on episode seven. Uh, and I actually worked yesterday. So that's not even. And you went through damn. it. Just tearing through. I love it, love it, love it. Ripping in a Terran. So, but the, the only thing is this show is very hard to stream. You can only watch it on AMC plus. I'm pretty sure. Like you can't even oh, really? buy the entire season on Amazon or anywhere else that I'm aware of. So what I did, and I suggest you all do the same. We're going to cheat the system. Speaking of fuck America listeners, are you ready for this? Yeah. If you got Amazon or Apple TV, speaking of fuck corporate America, if you buy have Amazon, <laughs> hop on the Amazon app. You can subscribe to AMC Plus for free for seven days and then binge all 10 episodes of Gangs of London, which is what I'm doing, and then cancel that subscription. And you stuck it to the fucking man. You hear that, AMC Plus? We're coming for you. Our dozens of listeners. (laughs) Many dozens that have evolved. There might be thousands. They just might not email us. That's true. They might just. They're all going to get one week free subscriptions and some of them may forget to cancel. (laughs) Which will help them. I get what you're saying. I'm not going to forget. Here's the thing you may not know. When you subscribe to a channel on Apple TV, you can actually look at your phone and go through subscriptions Mm -hmm. very easily. Yeah. Cancel that shit. I've done it multiple times. Oh, yes. I've I've only forgot a few. I've done that multiple times. Stars got your ass because nobody wants you and you know it. Merge with HBO. You know it's coming. We at streaming things are all about those corporate mergers (laughs) and monopolies. Trying to find a happy medium, Steve. There's too many pluses. It's bullshit. I'm plussed out. We got a Paramount Plus now. We got a Peacock. Nobody wants Peacock. Yeah. Dude, they must have spent so much fucking money to get the office and they're still going to flop. I don't know. It's mostly free. They're just probably making a bunch of ad revenue. 
I don't know. If you download, I watch more than the average bear, and I haven't downloaded it. <laughs> Andy is definitely not a mediocre bear. Peacock has basically kind of ruined the point of having. So, like, uh, as a wrestling fan, I, I, you know, every now and then I'll log on to the WWE Network, their streaming service that they've had since like 2013. Um, but they like they're basically just merging that app into Peacock, and it's making the app obsolete in America, basically. Huh. Like the bit, like their biggest show of the year is WrestleMania, and the only way you can watch it is if you watch it on Peacock. And it's like, why the oh. fuck am I subscribed to your goddamn service then? Oh, if they got wrestling, they're gonna be around for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's only in America. Apparently, there that's are not more the case than dozens otherwhere. of y'all, dozens of y'all, Do- dozens of y'all. Um, that's everything I want to talk about. I read a couple really. Actually, no, I gotta plug it because I don't know. I gotta plug it. I'm sorry. You're so I read a gloves. book. I read this book in two fucking days. It's like old Chris. It was like Chris that used to have time for this shit, Chris, because I was so good. It's called Gideon the Night. Oh, you finished it? Uh, yeah. Damn. I stayed up till like 1 a.m. last night finishing it. Uh, it's written by, I think she's a New Zealander, so I'm sorry if I mispronounced the name, but it's Tamsin Muir, I think. M-U-I-R. Tamsin, Tamsin Muir. Um, anyway, it's the first book of the Lock Tomb trilogy, and it's fucking phenomenal. I've read a lot of sword and sorcery novels, as we talked about in weeks prior, Uh I've never read anything like this, you know, because there's a pretty good formula to sword and sorcery and it's nothing like any of that stuff. Um, The quote on the front of the jacket said something about lesbian necromancers in space. And I was like, but it's not. You were like, sold. Yes, please. (laughs) Here's my money. Um, No, I actually bought it on a recommendation from somebody off Twitter knowing nothing about it. But when I got it in the mail and read that, I was like, huh. Uh, and that's exactly it what purchase. it is, but it's so much more. It's it's phenomenal. I highly recommend it. Steve, I think you'll like it because you like the Wars of the Stars. I do. And that's sort of like I like future, but also past. Yeah. And that's what this is. Like there's spaceships. There's like automatic doors. But I, also I wasn't going to say it on there's air. Automatic doors. Bro. I wasn't going to say it on air, but after we logged off, I was going to be like, what's the name of that book? I would even gladly, and this is against my religion, I would lend you the book even. That's how much I love you. You honor me, sir. I'm going to order the other two. Uh, But yeah, they fight with swords, but they're in space. It's really neat. Are they laser swords? No, they're old-fashioned steel. Hey, I'll take it. So the implication is that far in the future, technology has mostly gone away, but they have remnants of the past, like automatic doors. So that's like like destiny. That's basically destiny. (laughs) Really? Destiny is what destiny is? Basically, yeah. yeah. Anyway, remnants of it. So I've been real busy, folks. Listeners, get ready for next week when I carry on my marathon of consuming things on the next episode of Consuming Consuming Things, things. America's podcast. Anyway, that's all we got. (laughs) Uh, Andy, anybody else want to tie anything up on crossing? All right. All my streams are crossed. Brings us to our next segment. Check the gate. Roll that beautiful bean footage. That's that's uh, for anyone who doesn't know. That's uh, uh, all that that whole bumper we made years ago. Andy forgot I made it for the show, but it, it still exists. But uh, all that audio is from Chronicles of Narnia, where all the children in Chronicles of Narnia made a check the gate song, which is a term that they would use when they still use film to shoot movies. Yeah. To make sure the gate that the film passed through was clean. Welcome to another episode of Check the Gate. Tonight's top story. Woman was found in a water tank that 
was really easy to get out of. And she's right behind you. (laughs) (laughs) Something you're looking at right now will blind your children tonight at 11. Sound like uh, Welcome to Night Vale. Y'all ever listen to that podcast? No, Andy. Oh, yes, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically just a guy in like that radio voice, like just describing the weirdest stories. Like the playground has moved three inches to the left today. The secret police would prefer that you did not look at it. And now the weather. Do you think I'm good enough at that voice to make a living in some kind of fictional podcast? And Dude, a pretend fictional to be that podcasts person? are my jam. So, yes. But I mean, me personally. Can you see it? And see you doing the radio announcer voice? Yes. I, I could see it. I could tell I mean, by your you, tone that you're just being nice. I mean, you guys are writers. You should just, we should make a fictional I, podcast. I was going to say, it, it is not sold based on the voice. It's sold based on the writing. It's not true. The but voice can is you, everything. Can you pull off the voice? Yeah. Have you seen the show I called you can. The Voice? Super important. You mean the Katy Perry movie? <laughs> it's not a movie. Either. I know it's not a movie. God damn it, Andy. So what is Check the Gate? Check the Gate, typically, uh, this time it was me trying to plug my future career as a voice actor. But normally it is a segment where we talk about the latest and greatest movie news. We have none of that this time. I just wanted to hear that bumper because it's been so long. I spent so much time making that exactly. bumper years ago. We do have some news, but it's not the latest but it is the greatest. I want to talk a little bit about that Mortal Kombat trailer that dropped a couple of weeks ago. Yes. So in, in listener time, that was a long time ago. But in podcast time, it was actually just last week. Right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But now the timelines have merged, and it's just simply a long time ago. However, got to talk about it. I got thought, it. Steve, I know you're the biggest Mortal Kombat fan here. Mm. What did you think? So overall, the trailer, you know... I think I mentioned this before a couple episodes back when we talked about our most anticipated films. I said the Mortal Kombat movie can be absolute garbage. It mm-hmm. can look like trash. I will still be excited to see it because that is what I'm here for. Uh, that being said, the trailer, for the most part, looked pretty good. What do you mean for the most part? I mean, there's a couple things where I'm just kind of like, ah, that looks kind of dumb, but I'm here for it. There was only one thing. One thing. Scorpions get over here. Scorpions voice. voice. Yeah. 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 That whole section was edited strange in the trailer. Uh, Him, sans mask, throwing his knifey spear kunai rope around. I don't know what it's called. It's actually Uh, what it's called. I Googled it and I've done a lot of Kung Fu research. Uh, Knifey spear kunai thing. He's also a black belt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That, that, that was legit, legitimate when he was uh, knifing dude in the face, Mm -hmm. like in the cameras from behind stuff and, Dude, like, tenses up. I'm super excited. I, I, I'm I, interested to see what they do because there's obviously a little bit of, at least they're making it seem like there's some shifting in the lore. Like, Kano's one of the main, like, it looks like he's going to be, like, traveling with the good guys for the most part. He's probably going to turn on them, I would assume. But that's typically not a character that's ever aligned in any sort of good capacity. Uh, so that's interesting. That is um, interesting. It's interesting that it, they have, Sub-Zero is the one that, breaks Jack's arms in the movie. What um, is the actual origin story for Jack? Or Ur- Ermac rips off oh, okay. uh, Jack's arms in the in the games. But um just simple simple things like that. It, I'm interested I'm kind of sad that Johnny Cage doesn't appear to be in the game or in the movie. Um unless who the he is fuck Cole. is Cole. Like that's the thing that a lot of people are like, who's this Cole guy? Because that's not a character. And I know there's like some people who are um speculating that it's like uh, Scorpion's kid. Um, because it's I guess awfully white to be Scorpion's kid. Well, yeah, I mean, it, you can do. Can anything. you picture Scorpion 
doing the the horizontal hump, having sex. The horizontal oh. hump. Scorp- Canonically, <laughs> Scorpion did have a family. Sub Zero killed them. That's why he's evil. Um, but or maybe not Sub Zero's kid. Do you but think like he would just come of, home from work, uh, walk into the kitchen, find his wife looking home. like a snack, and get over like, here? Get over here! here. <laughs> <laughs> That's the origin story. That's actually awesome. And then there's like dead bodies. Like, no, I will enact my vengeance on the Cold Clan ninjas. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. I was pleasantly shocked um, at how brutal and, and committed they were to the source material. They weren't trying to to take it over serious or anything. Yeah. They're just being what Mortal Kombat is. And like it looks like they're having fun with the powers. Melina mm-hmm. and like the choreography of that Sub Zero fight where he like stabs the guy and the blood spurts, freezes the blood. You know, that's creative, fun, wonderful. Love it. I just want to see Sub Zero win the fight one time. Sub-Zero is so much cooler than Scorpion. Well, evil Sub-Zero is always going to lose. Good Sub-Zero, yeah, if there's a sequel, there will be good Sub-Zero and he will win. That's true. That's true. Because good people don't know this. There's an evil Sub-Zero who's the first one. He's the elder Sub-Zero. His younger brother is the good Sub-Zero. He's the one he's that has the, like, the scar on his eye. Sub, Sub-Zero? Yes. So Scar Scar Eye is good Sub-Zero? Yes. Okay. Um, and then evil Sub-Zero, in, he canonically is killed by whoever and he comes back as a uh, noob cybot mm-hmm. it's the same character his, his real name is Bihan. sorry this is super nerdy i can get super into the weeds on mortal kombat i like <laughs> noob cybot's real name is what Bihan. Bihan. yeah what is who's what creator's last name is that backwards which coincidentally <laughs> was kylo ren's last words to han solo Bihan. <laughs> <laughs> That's thank good. you steve for picking up that mantle so quickly I can always trust you to do that. You got it. Uh, any other thoughts on the Mortal Kombat trailer? Excited. Excited for it. That's a word. <laughs> I just love the way, I, I, my favorite part of the trailer is the Kano part at the end where he rips out what I assume is uh, Reptile's heart, that monster. He rips out the heart and he's like, you fucking beauty. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a knife. Or, or wait. I just love how like the 90s film made Kano Australian and he's been Australian ever since. Like you're like, just <laughs> agree. Like, yep, that character should be Australian. That's 110 percent. I agree. Yeah, I mean, that's canon to me. Yeah, so that's fine. I didn't even know that that was its origin. You but. fucking beauty. <laughs> <laughs> they do love their big knives. I mean, they're not wrong. Um, I got some other news. This was actually March 3rd that this article came out. So. We're getting pretty recent. Yeah, hey, this is the same month. <laughs> That's true. It's like two days ago. It's, it's two days ago, indeed. So this is from SlashFilm.com, one of my favorite movie sites. Um, I just want to talk about, because the idea of this sounds really cool to me. So the Bridgerton breakout star, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Reggie? I don't feel like it's Reggie. Reggie? <laughs> Gene Page uh, joins Ryan Gosling. So it's the super hot guy from Bridgerton, right? Okay. Joins Ryan Gosling the super hot guy from the notebook and Chris Evans, the super hot guy from the captain America movies. Oh, captain, my captain <laughs> and Russo brothers is the super hot directors from, uh, <laughs> from civil war, from civil war. <laughs> the gray man. So just those three stars mixed with that writer director team with my favorite neutral color. <laughs> the gray uh, does, man. Is there any synopsis for what the gray man is about? Um, Let's see here. Just so a, a man who has can, no so pigmentation. They're, they're producers on it. No, Russo's. I think they're 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 directing it. I think so. Yeah. 
They're great directors. They have they a long s- and storied history of producing, though, too. They so it's started a, Community. It's a spy yeah, thriller. Yeah, they were producers on that. And Mr. Page from Bridgerton was rumored to be in the running for a new James Bond, right? So this is kind of why it's neat, too. So it is a spy thriller. The Bridgerton thriller. guy is in the running for new James Bond? Just like fan running. Oh, like okay. He's being shipped to gotcha. you know replace. Um, we still want Idris Elba. Yeah, that would be wonderful, too, for sure. I would like that um, very much. So it's a Netflix film. Uh, said to be the most expensive in the streamer's history. Uh, and and the article says, and Netflix is not skimping on the film's star-studded cast. So you have everybody I've just mentioned. And also, Billy Bob Thornton and Alfred Woodard on board the Gray Man cast as well. I like how you're like, that's star-studded cast and also Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> <laughs> and also, the guy who used to have Angelina Jolie's blood in his necklace. Yep. So production starts in two weeks. <laughs> Andy um, looks slightly terrified. No, I, w- I was trying to think. So you said it's going to be the most expensive production Netflix has ever done. What, what's the current most expensive? Like the Irishman? What? I was trying to think of, you said that Grayman was going to be the most expensive production Netflix has ever done. So what is the most expensive? At that to date, done? probably the Irishman. I'm not Wasn't sure. Wasn't it Altered Carbon at one point? Like, at one point, I believe you're correct. Yeah. And even uh, Stranger Things. Um Cost quite a pretty penny. They just keep upping the ante. They do. I mean, they got to keep doubling down to stay relevant. Um, but yeah, it is actually directed and r- written by Joe and Anthony Russo. So not oh. just they didn't just throw their name on it as producers or something. It's it's, it's going to be the real deal ski, and I'm super excited about it. Um, but the Gray Man is adapted from the novel by Mark Greeny. Sets up a deadly duel between killers as a freelance assassin and former CIA operative named Court Gentry. Oh, I love it already. Played by Gosling. Is hunted across the globe by Lloyd Hansen, Chris Evans, a former cohort of Gentry's at the CIA. Anyway, I just think it sounds phenomenal. I love all those actors. I love all those directors and writers. I like Netflix. I'm a Netflix guy. Here on streaming things, we like to stream things. It's like a spy versus spy. Mm. But in person, I can take that. <laughs> anyway. Remember that game slash show? Oh, yeah. Spy v. Spy. Yeah. And the last little bit of Check the Gate news that I had was Paramount Plus, which we all kind of made fun of in my rant about capitalism. Get your free week of streaming and then cancel it. We're coming for you. At some point, we have to vote with our wallets and say enough is enough. Exactly. And I'm I'm putting the fucking line in the sand at Paramount Plus, even though I want it. They've got Mission Impossible IP. They got a bunch of good IP. They're going to dangle in front of my little face and I'm not going to bite. It's going to be the carrot on the stick that I say, nay. No, I spit at your carrot. I've got Amazon. I got Apple TV Plus. I got HBO Max. Before that, I had the Max. Go. This is a weird flex. I got Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> what else do I got, Andy? I got the Hulu's. Uh, Andy, you got Shutter through me. I give most of those to Andy. And yeah, you still got Shutter? Yeah, I still got I'm logged out of my Shutter. I thought you just laughed at me and canceled that shit a while ago. No, I still got that. <laughs> we got Shutter. Apparently, I need to figure out how to get back in it. <laughs> We got them all. We got them all. I got YouTube. YouTube Red. <laughs> is YouTube Red still a thing? It is. I, I don't so. have Red. I just have normal or right. out of the oh, box okay. YouTube. I like how they let go of their one awesome show immediately. Cobra Kai. Yeah. Well, who? I can't imagine that many people got into Red. No, I, I remember hearing about Cobra Kai because I listened to the, the Slash Film podcast. Yeah. And, uh, like not Slash Film cast, but the actual Slash Film website's news daily thing and they were all watching youtube cobra kai show and i'm like i'm definitely not fucking watching a youtube show turns out it was super awesome and i'm mm-hmm. an idiot so 
Yeah. Thumb your right all along. Thumb your nose at that, Steve. That brings us, I believe, to our main event discussing the WandaVision series finale. So we got back to our roots with this one. Annie didn't like that trance? <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. That's my quagmire transition. We got back to our roots with this one. So typically, people that are new to the show, what we have always done, we watched the Stranger Things episodes back when we used to do that, right? We'd hop straight on the microphones, off the couch, onto the mics. We'd even have separate microphones we would sit on, right? Just to make it more of a hop. And that's what we did with tonight's WandaVision episode. We watched it together as a team. Yeah. Which was very difficult because we all had to, or at least I did. I think Andy did. I'm sure Steve did. Stay off of Twitter all day. Luckily, I was at work all day and came straight here. So. People are super rude with the WandaVision spoilers. They just like yeah. 10 a.m. Like, fuck it. If you ain't seen it yet, here's this gif. I'm like, whoa, calm it's down. been around for like 10 hours, bro. Slow you your it. roll. I got a friend that wakes up at 3 a.m. to watch it. And then goes back to sleep every every Friday. Wow. That's dedication, man. It's dedication. He's a huge uh, comic book buff. Now, are we going to do what we normally do where we have kind of general impressions first and then we let people know we're getting into spoilers? That way, if people are worried about that, they can see what our general review is and then tune out? I would say no. Okay. Like we're, we're probably an hour into this episode, right? About. So they've had plenty of content. And I always say that word with that. You got what you want. What more do you people want? You're yeah, sucking us on. dry. Come on. <laughs> well, how much effort do you want us to put into this? You, Chris has streamed so much shit this week, all right? <laughs> all for you. I wouldn't have done that otherwise. I would have worked on my novel. Um, Just I, go so, subscribe to AMC Plus for a week and then cancel it like we told you like to. like New York middle class guy that's at the end of his rope. I spend so much time in your fucking mother. <laughs> right. Yeah. Your mother. Your, your mother. fucking mother. <laughs> New York listeners, I apologize. We are not disparaging your mother. <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we should just put a warning. Uh, spoilers for the series finale of WandaVision ahead. Uh, pause it. You know, this would come out on Monday. So you got all weekend and you probably haven't stayed off the internet the entire weekend anyway. So yeah. hopefully you've seen it. Um, what did you guys say? We'll do overall thoughts. Though. I mean, I don't really have too many detailed notes. Um, none of the theories that luckily are luckily are, I would say it's a blessing that our show has not been delving into each episode in particular, because we'd be highly embarrassed right now. I'm sure with all the theorizing that we might have done that probably would not have come to fruition. No, I don't think that's embarrassing at all. That's I love shows that are dropped week by week because that is my favorite part of it. Yes. Even I love being wrong True, because fair. I yeah. like to have those conversations and to guess and to And people hope. have t- people have told us they they when we did streaming things they loved how wrong we were about things like in the moment. <laughs> like cuz cuz everyone has those thoughts and it, and like Andy sure. said it is fun to kind of speculate and and create. I wanted so many different things. So general impressions. I I love the show. The the finale was pretty underwhelming. Uh, I mean, our our audience hasn't heard us say much about Wandavision at all. I don't think so. True. Full steam ahead, Andy. Um, so I I was super into the whole Nick at Night vibe from the for, for the first couple episodes, and I loved how kind of creepy it was. 
and the little touches that they have uh, throughout the show um, to differentiate between uh, what is happening in the fantasy land and what's happening in the real world and the um, the ways that they like adjust the aspect ratio and stuff and the music and uh, picture quality and things like that. Uh, it's genius and it's a lot of fun. I think that there's uh, a few too many cooks in the kitchen occasionally. There's a lot of characters that are introduced that don't really matter all that much at any point during the show. And they're kind of there as a little bit of filler. It, f- it felt like there was a decent bit of filler for what was only a nine episode show, which is uh, unfortunate. But uh, I, I, I was here for it. Like, And as far as like Age of Ultron is not my favorite movie in the MCU. So it's like story DLC for that. Eh, you know what I mean? But as a show on its own story DLC, I like that <laughs> as a, uh, a, on its own, it is a weird, awesome experiment that they did as a part of the biggest franchise in the world. I, I guess second to Pokemon, but uh, yeah, I, I had a hell of a lot of fun with it. I, I was super bummed that it didn't have any like, earth-shattering things in the finale, though. Steve? Uh, I, generally, I think I agree with you, Randy. Um, overall, I think the series is good, like like a good minus. Because um, I know, like, leading up throughout most of the season, a lot of people were like, man, WandaVision is so incredible. It's great. And I was like, yeah, it's good. Um, I wasn't super thrilled with it. I did, I really did like, the things I liked most about the show were A, it's weirdness. Like the weirder the show got, the more I loved it. Like For when sure. it was doing like the the weird meta stuff that you kind of mentioned with the different television um, aesthetics. So like each episode had like a different decade of TV that it was um, emulating. I love that stuff. I thought all that stuff was great. I loved it when it was like it got kind of scary and horror, especially in the earlier half of the series. Um, all that stuff was great. I love the confidence of the show because the confidence was the show was like very confident and like we're doing this weird thing. It's you've never seen anything like it. It's awesome. We're great. And I love that you can Mm -hmm. feel the confidence, but I feel as the series went on the later, the later episodes we got and the more conventional it started becoming towards the end, it just became way worse. Um, The more superhero E it was, the more MCU it became, the worse it became in a weird way. And, um, which is a shame because it was like something unique and something great. And they were, you know, firing all cylinders, but I feel like all of their steam kind of just like fell out from under them, starting with like maybe episode seven. And then it just like kept getting worse and worse. I feel like with the, the more Agatha Harkness's character became like th- when they had this reveal of like, this character is the bad guy. And it's like, yeah, we know. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Surprise. Yeah. Like that. No one saw that coming. The, the turn was fun. But uh-huh. then, like, everything else they did after the turn and reveal was like, okay, well, this is so boring now. Well, I had the same thought as everybody else when they revealed that turn, which was like, that can't really be the big turn because who the fuck is Agatha Harkness? And I, obviously, if you're a super big comic fan, you maybe know who she is, but I didn't. And a lot of my friends that watched the show didn't, who are still big into the MCU. And so when it's like... Guys, it's this super cool character, Agatha Harkness. We all love her, right? It's like, yay. So I, along with most people, thought, well, that can't be it. It's got to be something else behind it being Agatha all along. And, yeah. 
we're not in spoilers yet, right? Or are we just saying fuck it? It, it wasn't. Well, there we, wasn't anyone else behind it. it was just yeah, we're her. in spoilers. Yeah. Okay. Chris, what did you think about it overall? And if we weren't, you spoiled a lot. That was a weird question to ask after <laughs> that tirade. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Uh, I thought the, there was the going to be something else. There totally wasn't. Uh, I, I, are we going to spoilers now? Should I spoil now? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I agree with both of you. And, and kind of to piggyback off Steve, I got something I got a fucking steaming pile of hot take here. You like that word uh, steaming today. I do. I'm just over here steaming um, to say it. Steaming thing. So it reminds me of the Star War that Steve uh, hails from. In that the first half of, I know, you just wonder where I'm going with this, I'm aren't sorry. you? I want to let it hang My as ears long as possible. Perked up. Perky. Um, the first half of the series kind of reminds me of The Last Jedi. Right. So you've got the end of, of phase three of the MCU, which is kind of like, you know, Return of the Jedi. You know, the trilogy was great. We're all on a, a euphoric high. We love this shit. And you get a little hiatus uh, prolonged by the pandemic. And now we have WandaVision. Uh, and we'll just forget Force Awakens and just jump straight to Last Jedi. So, oh, this is something incredibly unique and different that they can do with this kind of story. I really enjoy this. Maybe we're going to go in a completely new direction. And then the finale kind of sw- swept in and it was Rise of Skywalker. And it's like, nope, <laughs> it's the same old shit. We're going to do only be- kind of worse because it's on a streaming <laughs> right, show. It's a right. TV show. Yeah. Beams of power and lots of floaty flyy. And um, I'm not going to completely shit on it. I, I really enjoyed. Um, Watch Wanda battle Agatha Harkness in an After Effects template. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, lots of different colors floating around. Blue beam and sky, but it was red beam and sky this time. They heard the criticism and they were like, we're not going to do blue beam and sky in this superhero story. You need a red one. And then some guy in the back that wanted a promotion, you know, he's got like the six lattes. He just walked in the door and raised his hand and they were like, Steve, what's up? And I have an idea. Red beam and sky. And like, You're fucking promoted. That's a great idea. Holy shit. Steve. What about <laughs> purple? <Genius. laughs> Yeah, throw some purple in. Get that purple shit out of there. <laughs> and then they stole her idea. We're um, going to take and give it to the bad guy. Yeah, I mean, I was just a little disappointed. I, I love every interaction uh, between Wanda and Vision. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen absolutely kills it. Incredible range that uh, I wasn't quite aware that she had. Um, Paul Bettany, perennially one of my favorite people in the fucking world every time he's on the screen. He delivers these lines that are really well written, but I think are like in the annals of quotability now because they're delivered by Paul Bettany. Like uh, from last week's episode, they were, it was going around the internet. Um, what is grief? If not love persevering. Right. And, and like people are quoting that shit. Like it's Shakespeare and it is a really good line, but it's elevated coming out of Paul Bettany's mouth, I think. Uh, and he had some more of those today. Um, I really loved um, my favorite interchange was uh, exchange was between Paul Bettany and Paul Bettany. Uh-huh. Uh, so you got white vision and then regular vision or whatever. And they have this philosophical debate about the ship of Theseus. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that because not only was I a philosophy major in college, so I was like, Oh, the ship of Theseus, let's do this. So is that a but, thing you guys studied? And in- yeah, I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a thought experiment. Um, when you talk about, so I told you before on the show about my philosophy professor, Rudy Garns. Don't they usually talk about a hammer? Uh, for the same thought experiment, if you replace the handle and then you replace the top, I mean, anything would work, but classically it is used. It's a ship is used. Okay. Um, and I actually love this professor because he loved movies too. So he, we had to watch the prestige in order to talk about this thought experiment. 
And the whole idea is, you know, Hugh Jackman's character, spoilers for the prestige, I'm sorry. Uh, but when he's cloned, like, which one is the quote unquote real person, right? Who's the man in the box? Are they, they're both the same person, right? It doesn't matter which one is which. It sucks to be the one that gets killed, but he's still alive. Or is he, you know, if he has all the same memories, but entirely different technical atoms, is it the same person? I mean, it's all the same quandary in a different form. So I just, but not only that, that it's neat, it's a neat thought experiment, but also just the idea of that stopping the fight because vision at his core can't help, but try to solve that quandary. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I am directed to kill vision. And then like, pew, 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 pew. he's like, but I'm technically not vision. And he's like, pew, pew. what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was hilarious, especially delivered by Paul Bettany. I just got a huge kick out of that. That was probably my, one of I, my favorite parts. I do love the difference between good vision and evil vision. Other than the color is that evil vision slightly scowls constantly. You got to know which one. Yeah. He's just ever slightly scowling with his eyes. And real vision is just a little concerned mm-hmm. at all times. Um, I'm surprised that you love that scene so much. I mean, like I love the concept of it, but the, the execution felt a little weird to me. Like, well, you are, of course, familiar with the thought experiment that is the ship of Theseus. Yes, of course. Well, you know that in the like, right. as I guess because I was already so disappointed in like the Rise of Skywalker X-Men apocalypse ending of, of it that, that we were getting. I, sure, I was just in the moment happy to find the joy wherever. Um, ju- it just kind of was like a bizarre pacing choice for me because it was kind of like in the middle of everything and not quite at what felt like ought to have been the B combat climax uh, where like all the semi big bad is going to have to be defeated before the ultimate climax that is Agatha Harkness and that big bad is destroyed. And uh, so it was just a weird, a weird sitch. And then once he, he good or white visions like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. You know what? I am vision. And then he flies off. It's like, so I guess what? I don't, again, are, we're kind of hindered by our lack of knowledge of the source material here. We would lo- probably would have, Behooved us to get somebody who's a huge comic book aficionado as a guest. We just didn't even try, to be honest with you. Uh, but I would assume white vision to envision things around the universe is a thing. I've been told that white, white vision, vision was just a, a, a version, uh, a costume of vision, but I don't know that for sure. It, I, my understanding is it's a version of vision that has his like identity taken out. It's like it's a literally but a I robotic mean, vision. In the context of the MCU, he is all a vision now, right? I mean, he doesn't have the mind stone technically, yeah. but mm-hmm. he has all the memories. So mm-hmm. that whole character is live as Paul Bettany. And so it's surprising that the rest of the universe address that in the show. Right. You know, that could have been, it's like Wanda's super sad and there's an actual exact copy of her husband out there still. I can see why they wouldn't do that though, because then it's like, Oh my God, like her whole life revolves around her grief and dealing with her husband. And so she, sure. she needs to have her husband in order for it to be happy, every, happily ever after, which is kind of like, mm. but it's also like, doesn't work. Cause we know he's actually out there. Sure. You know what I mean? They, I don't know. But whether or not they reconcile and you know, like, well, continue to be you know, awkward that would be if like a decade from now she runs into him at a coffee shop and then he's got a different girlfriend and she's like uh vision and he's like oh oh wanda um, this is destiny um <laughs> we met this uh clubbing that's fine you're not totally the same vision so it's not like you're cheating on me or anything 
Oh, oh I'm super duper the same. <laughs> <laughs> How are the kids? <laughs> right. Why wouldn't you come back if you have all the same memories? You're well, this ship of Theseus, you see. <laughs> I don't know what ship of Theseus is. Vision. Do not. I do not know the ship. Oh, was that your Russian accent? Her accent Her accent really does come and go in that show. It's interesting. I love the meta that they uh, they, they call it out. That, they yeah. call it out though. Yeah, I think it. Uh, well, uh, kind of to, to go back with the vision thing. Like all of all of Marvel's MCU stuff, they walk a tightrope. So like every movie that they've made, every I guess now show that they're going to make, there's always elements that aren't explained well. So you might you might see a movie and then you leave the movie like, well, that I don't really understand this element of the movie. But then like five movies later, that context is filled in for you. So when you go back and watch that movie again, you're like, okay, I understand this now because I have more movies of context. So maybe in like a couple years, we'll understand where the white vision went. For me, I'm more worried of like, I have no idea about how any of the Agatha Harkness magic shit works no i was about to bitch um, about that so that's she where the has problem a basement of portals um she brings up the book of whatever the fuck that looks like the the tome from the evil dead movies Hell yeah um i know that's an important book but like they just kind of like ah it's in the like there's a like the one episode when they go into her basement a lot of comic book sharp-eyed comic book fans are like oh that's the book it's on display You're talking about dark hold yeah, the, dark, the dark hold and then in this and then the final episode she's like ah you were mentioned in the dark hold and then it's like what the fuck is this thing it's like, also what, known as the book of sins what is your powers what is, like and i understand like i'm sure like a lot of people who are super into the comic books you know they have that context and they kind of know but as someone who i'm not familiar with agatha harkness at all sure um so like when they like what is her rabbit that eats bugs that I like I always thought like it was gonna be oh that rabbit's my husband or something like yeah what, they what never the they rabbit? never did address the husband which um, is kind of crazy for how much was, he was brought up here's the thing like that's a problem with some of these characters in general and that's a huge bone I have to pick like I'm a super basic bitch when it comes to my favorite heroes right but you got Batman of course uh, Wolverine. And you got Daredevil, right? Those are the three that I love, oh, for instance. Oh, Daredevil, okay. Um, I like smaller stories sometimes. Yeah, I um, like Daredevil. But they've all got incredibly well-defined abilities, and there are rules and therefore stakes because I know the rules. So, like, Daredevil's blind, but, like, he can hear so well that he can kind of see. And, like, sonar. Almost better. Right? Right. And trained by stick. Right. So there you go. But there's rules to stick that. Stick is a man. So that, just so if so people like, what? <laughs> yeah, trained by stick. <laughs> um, and, and so there's certain limitations to that, obviously. And, you know, loud noises, huge, you know, huge limitation there. Batman, he's just a billionaire who knows Kung Fu. Right. Good with technology. So there's a lot of limitations there. Makes it really interesting. Wolverine, he can heal instantly. Right. So that gave him the ability to have surgically implanted adamantium stuff attached to his skeleton because he heals so quickly. He's the only human on earth that could survive that. Right. And I know Deathstroke, blah, 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 we'll not go there, but I'm just saying, okay, I understand what he is, why he is. Now there's, we can go with, I can accept that. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief, but characters like Agatha Harkness, Superman, Scarlet Witch, like I asked my, you know, most aficionado friend like so what exactly can wanda do 
well, she manipulates reality, you know? And I'm like, okay, what the fuck does that mean? Well, she's a witch. All right. Where does she derive from? Where does she derive her power? Well, it's like some people say the Mind Stone, but some people say she's Magneto's daughter. So, like, she's the fucking Joker. Like, none of us actually know. Like, yeah, what? Her, her is power she? set is like debated because apparently people are like, "Oh, she's got magic," but some some people call it the Chaos Magic, which is obviously what the MCU is going towards because they mentioned Chaos Magic a lot. But there's also like she has probability powers and right. So that was the from my research. That was the origin of her power was that the original Scarlet Witch was, I think, a mutant. Yes. That had probability powers. So she could just make shit happen because everything's kind of slightly likely to occur and she could increase the likelihood of it. And that's for, for example, that's why it's implied that the Tony Stark bomb didn't yes. go off. Because she manipulated the probability of it going off to where it did not. Right. There was an Easter egg there. Um, and apparently the whole Magneto lineage was just a one-off and he was basically lying um but wait who was lying magneto like he told them apparently in the comics that he was their parent but he's not Uh um and so later on it became known that um and this is andy i don't don't know if you've done any of this like reading around as a curiosity or whatever but in the comics agatha harkness is a huge character i think in like the fantastic four section of the universe yeah, she was i i read that that part of it i haven't read all the shit about wanda she she's like a nanny yeah she's benevolent res- rescuing their kids but she's kind of a frenemy she's like a is she good is she bad at any given moment but she's never the big bad and when i read that i was hoping with the finale that they would do a bigger bad just like you had said uh with agatha not being so much an enemy do you know what i mean just sure. mistrusting of wanda because her power is dangerous kind of thing i right. like that and even though that's pretty like straightforward, I would still have enjoyed that more than her being the straight up enemy. And they did let it up to be set up to where she could still be a friend later. hundred percent. They left the door open. And I can also see like the Disney people being like, no, we're not going to reveal the big bad of, you know, phase four in our first fucking TV show, you know, like, I mean, kind of, but they did that throughout phase three with like, you'd have these stingers with Thanos sitting on the chair and everybody like, Oh shit. And that didn't come to fruition for five years. Well, that was also before they had the money where it was like Thanos and Endgame and all that was really definitely going to happen. Sure. It was kind of just like a, a nod be dope, yeah. you know, but <laughs> uh, I was talking to uh, our buddy Brad this morning and he hadn't watched it yet. And I was telling him because, so the director released a statement the night before the debut of the, the finale that said, essentially people are going to be disappointed which is really sad that fandoms we've talked about toxic fandoms that he had to kind of preempt like, uh, you know, something he worked really hard on, but yeah, yeah, basically because the theories were not going to be you true. all yeah, went a lot insane of, with your theories. There's going to be I'm no sorry. Al Pacino, Mephisto, you know, no <laughs> house of M. There's going to be no Dr. Doom and the fantastic four are not going to show up in this tiny show. Yeah. There's a lot of speculation that fantastic four would show up that Dr. Strange, like people will just assume that Dr. Strange was a hundred percent going to show up in the show. And he yeah. does not, I mean, he gets a name drop, uh, Agatha Harkness does bring, say, uh, the Sorcerer Supreme, which always reminds me of a pizza. So did she say that Wanda is stronger than Doctor Strange? Mm-hmm. That's what she said, yeah. yeah. So the gist I'm getting now is Wanda's starting to remind me of another character that I liked a lot more before they became the thing. We're talking about Jean Grey when she became the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what this reminds me of, which I never really understood the whole Phoenix thing either, and it didn't... It, was wholly uninteresting 
mm. just as much as I this. think the Phoenix Force works because it is an endgame story where like that's not base Jean Grey. She's like consumed by this power, becomes the you know, the point of uh the the the, the conflict is because she's becoming too powerful and then it ends, either because she dies or she fucks off to the universe and does whatever. So does a Dr. Manhattan and just, yeah. yeah. She, it doesn't just become, okay, Jean Grey's just going to be hanging out at the, the X mansion, reading people magazine on her off time. And then when she's at work, she's going to be <laughs> breaking down buildings, you know? Uh, whereas like with this Scarlet, Witch is obviously here to stay. What do they call it when a character is like uber powerful? There's a word for it. Uh, I'm sorry, nerds. I'm failing Superman. you. No, it's like, um, like mega level power or something like that um but it, that's where you lose me is what i'm getting superman's one yeah uh, captain marvel is one I, I really enjoyed the captain marvel movie but again i don't really quite know what the fuck yeah. i i remember being somewhere somewhere once where uh, a superman writer was asked about how powerful is superman and he said only just slightly more powerful than the next most powerful person Right. Point being, like his powers are only limited, or they're, they're they're unlimited. the The reality is that he just always has to be the most powerful. Yeah. Which I thought was he's slightly more powerful than his dance partner. Right. Yeah. yeah indeed. <laughs> well, why? Why dance partner? Well, because like uh, uh, that's just. A, oh, you mean like whoever he's up against? Yeah. Yeah. Who, yeah gotcha. Exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, um, I don't. I don't know uh, what I really wanted out of this. I felt like. Reed Richards, I thought he was going to show up. Um, I got on Twitter earlier, and one of the names that was, was trending was Reed. And I was like, oh, shit, and closed out. And I was like, maybe that's something, maybe it's not. But I've I've been, ever since I researched Agatha Harkness to find out who the fuck she was, I was like, oh, okay, this is how they're going to start to introduce the Fantastic Four into the MCU. Fuck the Josh Trank movie, we're starting over kind of thing. Yeah, please do. Um and so I was pretty bummed when we uh, when we were watching it, we we when we got to the credits rolling, we saw the first stinger, uh, which I don't even remember what the first stinger was. Uh, yeah, it was the uh, Darcy's not here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of a pointless stinger. Yeah. Um, but then when we got to the second one, I was like, oh, holy shit, here it is. They're going to somehow throw. Oh, I'm sorry. The main part of that stinger here. was uh, they they took Monica into the theater and the. Oh, one lady the revealed that she was a scroll. scroll that yeah. I, I assume the Nick Fury scroll is wanting to have a talk with her, who I think is the Ben Mendelsohn scroll impersonating Nick Fury. That's yeah, all. My timeline is on that is a little is a little uh, uh, hazy. Um, but yeah, I, when we got to the second stinger and we got there on accident, just sitting there talking, uh, we uh, I, I really thought that that was going to be like okay, we're going to have Reed Richards like walking through town or something and. It wasn't that. That's all anybody wanted. I think they needed, it would have been pretty simple to give them that, a little taste, a little tasty taste. It was also kind of a bummer for the uh, all the wild theories about the multiverse starting to happen here with uh, uh, the brother. Yeah, Pietro. Pietro. Um, all of a sudden it's like, no, it's just some guy that uh, Agatha put a necklace around and he just... And by the way... It was a cute nod to the Fox movies. If someone has the ability to make a normal person as powerful as Quicksilver with a necklace, that's not okay. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like that just... Not to look too much into it right now, but that's not okay. I mean, (laughs) if there's like one... 
rando lady can just make 30 quicksilvers she wins <laughs> that's a huge problem because yeah. quicksilver is very special or at least we thought right, right. so i don't know I just it's upsetting I, you know, I, I do kind of, I want to kind of go back and mention things I did like about the show. Cause to be, to be honest, I know there was a ton of fan theories out there. I did read them. I did watch them, but I wasn't super invested in them. Like, oh, okay. If that happens, that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a huge, I mean, I'm not, I like, I like all of the MCU stuff, but like, I'm not going to say like we talked about fandoms uh, last week or a couple weeks ago. I'm not like the biggest fan of like Scarlet Witch or Vision or the Fantastic Four or Doctor Strange or any of these characters. Like they're not my MCU go-to heroes, but I, I like them. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll watch them. But I'm not super, I wasn't super invested in the uh, theories of them going forward. So um, I wasn't really let down in that regard. I was more let down that the quality of the show dipped because it, it very much did. The, I feel like the directing, the writing, the concept kind of broke itself towards the end. That was where my disappointment lied. It wasn't necessarily where the story ended up. Um, But the things I did like, I do want to touch on because I don't want to be too negative because I I did, I do think the show is good overall. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, I really liked that they brought back Pietro for that little bit. I I love that they kind of brought back the Quicksilver from the Fox franchise. I love Evan Peters. Yeah, he's so good. And I mean, I mean, when I first saw that, I thought my first thought was like, oh, is this how they get the X-Men into MCU? Oh, damn. And it's not. Um, I, I really enjoyed, I think we mentioned all the Wanda stuff. I loved Agatha Harkness before the turn. I thought, um, oh, what's that? Uh, actually, Catherine, Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn. She is like the work she was doing up before she became like amazing. I am a villain. Like her work was so good up until then, like Mm -hmm. how she was like playing all these different types of, you know, TV stereotypes from that era. She was perfect. Super memeable, highly Um, enjoyable. There was so much room in this finale for them to get fucking weird with it. You know what I mean? Like didn't, they could have gone back to black and white because something got all fucked up and they got all inside of Wanda's head. And now like, I don't know, like cut to somebody sitting there, watch all of a sudden the TV is live again. Like, cause they're all sitting there watching WandaVision, you know what I mean? And like, Oh, there, there's so many crazy weird things that could have happened. That mm-hmm. super duper didn't. Yeah. I really loved episode four. Um, I think episode four is the first episode that's outside of the, the hex that Wanda's created. It's, it's the first time you get to see there's people outside of the yeah, town. Trying it's to almost a bottle episode. Wrong. Yeah. What's yeah. Uh, what's her name? The um, girl with Kat the punching power. Oh, uh, Monica Rambo. Monica, Monica Rambo. Yeah. Um, her coming back to them alluding to the return from the snap. Monica Rambo is another. That, that was yeah. how that episode opened. Yeah, that it's was such a great open. Thing. Do you guys know how important she eventually becomes? No. Well, she eventually becomes part of the, the Avengers. Right? For a short time, she becomes the leader of the Avengers. Oh, okay. um, oh wow! And she is known as Photon, Pulsar, and in 2013, Spectrum. Or her like superhero names, just like I like Spectrum, but like that episode is so so good because like you mentioned, the opening's great with you get the the horror of the snap reversing, um, and they bring back this character that I didn't expect that they would bring back Lieutenant Trouble from uh, Captain Marvel, you know? Yeah, and so seeing like oh that's a grown up Lieutenant Trouble, oh that's so cool, and she's doing the thing with her mom, oh her mom died, that's kind of shitty. That actress is probably like motherfucker. (laughs) <laughs> uh, they brought back um oh what's his name the the fbi agent from 
uh, Ant-Man 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Agent Wu? Yeah, Wu. Yeah, I love that guy from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, he's awesome. So when he came up and he like whipped out his little magic trick. You could tell he's been practicing he's his been practicing. Ant-Man <laughs> tricks. Yeah. I was like, yes. And then they brought back Darcy. And I'm like, okay, I mean, I don't need Darcy, but sure, I'll take <laughs> the worst part of Thor 2. Yeah, bring, why not? But I mean, she wasn't Who's, that bad in this one. Which one's Darcy? Is that Cat Dennings? That's Cat yeah. Dennings, yeah. Oh, she was in Thor? Thor Dark, 2. Dark World. She's in I Thor know, and Thor 2. The best one. I never saw Dark World. She's in both. I don't remember. She's Natalie Portman's one. assistant. Oh, okay. And she's the most annoying character in both movies. I try not to remember those shit. Movies, um, I like the first Thor. Really? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, but like, but yeah, so I, I love like getting these like fucking D-list characters from the MCU to come team up and like become yeah. their own little, like that was so much fun. And then they had the, uh, the post-it notes that were like at that point, what everyone was asking about the show, like, is this the real vision? And they're like plastered on the board, almost like they knew what the audiences were going to think up to that point. And that was... I thought the most genius episode up to that point of the show was that uh, it was definitely the most satisfying because up to that, you're like, what the fuck? I like what's going on, yeah. but what the fuck is going on? And, and uh, I really hope, you know, it's gotten some traction on Twitter, but the people have been um, pitching the idea that uh, agent Wu is going to have his own like FBI or uh, X-Files type show. That would be amazing. Where it's like he and uh, Rambo or Darcy go off and solve X-Files mysteries in the mcu like i'm all about that i'd be all about that show but the, i mean those are just some things that i i, I liked because i know it you know the the, the finale kind of left a bad taste in all of our mouths but i don't want to like leave the impression that i didn't enjoy the show no yeah, i mean good part I enjoyed it we all much. loved the whole season it just we were disappointed collectively tonight but we weren't like cursing its name in the discussion before we turned on the microphones you know it was just i think rise of skywalker analogy kind of I don't feel as strongly as I, like I was in a rage after seeing rise of Skywalker. I think yeah. that's how much I hated that film. Yeah. That's not how I feel, but I think the, the, the zeitgeist of it is accurate, you know, uh, where they started doing something really new and unique with the same kind of material and then just molded straight back to what they thought mm-hmm. everybody wanted. And not at all what I wanted. I did not need red or blue beam in sky. I was super stoked to see Vision fighting Vision, though. There were some neat things they did with that where they're, like, zipping in and out of each other. Yeah, because he has that, like, uh, phasing power, Mm -hmm. and it's really neat. And then it's, like, he phases and then, like, rematerializes to catch dude's arm. And, like, uh, it was very cool. So them shooting their lasers at each other was pretty fun. And I I really liked uh, Wanda's arc. Um, Yeah. I was kind of worried, and it, it made sense to me that i do like that they kind of make it to where she's not necessarily a good guy i thought they were gonna fool daenerys targaryen her and they did not and i was pleased about that Mm -hmm. but more than that like her getting to say goodbye to vision and you know getting to say goodbye to her kids and and choosing to do that for the sake of everyone else i thought was really beautifully done Mm -hmm. uh the little talk that she got to have with vision um the writing was was amazing. That was really good. Um, That's the best scene in the whole episode. We've said goodbye before, and no reason we shouldn't say Fans hello again. We'll say hello again. Yeah, it was that was beautiful. Um, that was very well done. I just wish there had been more of that. I can't believe less floating in the sky. After that, there was a lot of floating in the sky. Everybody was flying in the in that finale. Yeah. They just bizarre. really like got drunk and wrote that fight scene. Like, yeah. and then and she, that, look, it's runes, and it's like that's cool. How the fuck did she learn the runes? Yeah. Like. And also, just, nobody taught me magic. Where the fuck did you learn that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
I, and, and also just the visual of uh, Agatha Harkness is in the same T pose, like the whole fight. Like she just, ah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm standing here and my, my shitty robes are flowing and I don't change position ever. Right. My floaty position. Uh, man. I, I couldn't believe after all was said and done when everything's gone and Wanda, like she's standing in the foundation of her dream home. She pulls up her hood and just walks down the street and all these people that she's held captive for presumably months are just sort of glancing at her and giving her the stank eye. Yeah. And she just sort of looks at, you know, shyly looks up and keeps walking. Nobody's like, hey, what the fuck was that about? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then when Monica was like, I understand you. She's like, see ya. And then like none of those people are like, arrest her maybe? <laughs> <Right>. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Something? But I call the other Avengers. I also do understand her. Like, yeah. no, with, I, I understand her reason. I'm just, the, no, the you're right. They people. would, they would not be in a mode to empathize, but I don't think it's unbelievable at all. Like if my wife died and I could totally make my little town, a fake town where she's back, I would totally do that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even have to think about it that much. It would be a, they would, somebody would have to come with their own superpowers and talk to me about it for a couple of weeks for me to consider that it was wrong for sure. Anyway, I, I, I did. Uh, it was kind of incredible because uh, I, I hadn't realized this beforehand, but this was the first time a couple episodes back, I guess, was the first time they actually called her the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, which I, I guess I was really confused. Yeah. I had to call a friend like if they would never called her the Scarlet Witch before because they made that like a big thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's not her name. But apparently not. It's like a its own entity thing. So behind cool. on that. She's got her little crown now. If they do bring Agatha back. All that costume at the end was so good. Was a really good costume. Yeah. I was very excited. Hey, I hey, thought it was funny they had her fighting it. in the hoodie and the jeans, but floating around too, which was neat, but also like a little weird feeling. And then she, of course, turned into her full form with full different form. clothes and everything, which I guess that image that she received when she touched the Mind Stone in the laboratory was of her future self, not her mother or anything like that. So did you notice it was the same silhouette? Mm, yeah. But they're going to have a tough time bringing Agatha back later as any kind of hero. Cause she killed a dog. She did kill. She a dog, did. Which is she like did. cardinal rule of cinema. You're not allowed to do that. And a bird slash bug. But did thing? she, because the, was that dog, did that dog really exist? That's true. They might get away with it. But if the dog didn't exist, did vision or her children exist? No, they didn't. What was up with the explanation of vision? What I am He's like, so before we go, what am I? She's like some really confusing things. And then he's like, let's kiss. Okay, (laughs) cool. It's like, uh, you are the part of the mind stone that's in my mind. And well, she touched the mind stone. So I guess the implication was that she has like a part of its essence within her and the wires in the bone that I created or something because Um, he, she manifested his body, which is made of flesh wires and bone. Is there any flesh in his body? Yeah, a little bit. There is a little bit. I thought that he was all machine. No, I don't. I don't. I don't want to pretend to know what. Vision no, I can confidently say he's a little fleshy. He's a little baloney in there. He's some a uh, man. circuits. Fleshy I have a question. Boy. So, I like the nod. I'm sorry uh, to Jarvis, though. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah I've been a voice without a body and a body that's not human. Vision has the best lines in the whole. Series. He does. <laughs> he's he does. Crazy. It's just, it's just because I'm crazy. telling you, it's because it's Paul Bettany. That's yeah. just my theory. Like. V- Paul Bettany has the best lines. I think, uh, like you, I think you mentioned earlier, Chris Elizabeth Olsen is, Olsen is really doing a great job acting. Like yeah. she's acting the shit out of this role, 
Um, she's bringing a lot of seriousness to some ridiculous scenes. Like even when she's like all like, like you mentioned, she's in her um, hoodie and jeans floating in the sky and like this, the way she looks and she looks like she's like just tears coming out of her face. It's, it's She's acting the shit out of, this, of a silly scene and she's doing a great job. I would love to see a lot more from her. Um, yeah. Like the scenes, like the modern family office esque episode where we got her talking to the camera and um, the Malcolm in the middle episode where, you know, just that version of Elizabeth Olsen. I think we could watch that for hours and hours. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So we'd like to see more of that. I do have a question. So her children, right? Mm-hmm. One is a speedster. One can read minds, but also does like magic. He stopped bullets, right? So yeah. I he, got the impression he was Wanda and the speedster was Pietro. Yeah. Basically, that's their power set. Yeah. So my question is, if he can read minds and shit like that, the scene when they're like, time to go to bed, kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait, are you going to kill us? Are we going to die? <laughs> and then the, the quick one's like, what? What's <laughs> he just runs away. What are you, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> why, why, is the, why is the kid with the headband looking upset? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. His spidey sense didn't tingle. Is it, and it yeah, was I, and it I, was his death. I attributed that to because it didn't seem like he had a, a handle on his telepathy skills. It just kind of hit him when the moment struck. I know? like that she was kind of sad, like when you give a puppy you've had for a few weeks back to the shelter for about her kids, and then devastated about her husband, which right. tracks. Like, let's be honest, <laughs> they've only been alive for like a couple weeks. She was like, for some reason, they're eight year olds. Night, night, kids, forever. What? I said night night. Thank you for choosing me as your mom. Right. I didn't. <laughs> this is all on you. You made us. <laughs> that's freaking awesome. Yeah, that's that's I don't that was, know. Do we have any more thoughts about WandaVision? I'm sad to see that it's not gonna or to to you know logic out that it's probably not gonna come back because I loved how weird it was starting out. And there are some really cool things that you could continue to do. I just love meta things. So I, it would have been a lot of fun to see it get all genre. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think we've got some, it's, it harkens to some good things uh, around the corner. You know, we get, was it Sam Raimi's multiverse of madness, right? Uh, yeah. Is Sam Raimi directing the next? I'm like 90% Doctor sure. Strange. Yeah. He took over from, uh, the previous director. Uh, Erickson, Derrickson, mm-hmm. Derrickson. That's right. Um, so that's going to be phenomenal. Uh, Shang Chi. I'm excited. Uh, there's for all kinds of neat stuff to come. Falcon Winter Soldier. I mean, I don't care too much about those characters, but after having watched WandaVision and it being of a quality that far exceeded my expectations, I'm uh, really excited to see what they do with that. Yeah. So we'll be here streaming things for the coverage of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm sure. Uh, also tonight, I don't know if you guys knew this. I'm going to little homework for you to go do, and maybe listeners. You'll have seen it by Monday, probably, but coming to America, I believe debuted today, getting good reviews. So, oh, did that debut today? I think so. Yeah, we'll throw that tomorrow. out there. I will watch that show and cry. Gangs of London, AMC Plus, go watch it. Email streaming things pod. Cancel the subscription <laughs> yeah, a week days. later. Don't forget. Actually, when, when next time we record, I'll remind you all to cancel it. But <laughs> binge it. That show is phenomenal. I want to talk to you about it. Email us at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. You can find me, Chris, on Twitter at CMichaelWrites, as in what Shakespeare does. You can find me on Twitter at Andy Most Days. And I'm at Steve May 13. Don't talk to Steve May 12. He's an asshole. Yeah, I hate that guy. Streaming Fuck Steve May 12.